everybody and welcome to the EC Method. I am one of your coaches, Chloe Maidley. And I am your other coach, Emma Story Gordon. Our goal at the EC Method is to encourage, educate and empower you to get the results that you've always wanted. Listen to our weekly podcasts, go to our website, theecmethod.co.uk or simply follow us on Instagram to get more information. What kind of cereal is it? Look at that pump. Oh, wow. I don't even know why I have a pump. I haven't even trained today. Um, oh, what cereal am I having? Obviously, iron fortified. I got my iron levels tested again. They've dropped again. I'm on prescription yeah. medication. <laughs> I know. Hi, everyone. Good morning. Thank you so much for letting me change the time. I have a very annoying, weird day, and everything kept moving around, and I was like, you know what? Get up, get it done, then leave the house. So it's lovely to be with you all. Emma, how are you this morning? I'm great, thanks. Yeah, you look good. I love a baggy, baggy black t-shirt on a blonde. I just always think it looks good. Yeah, I I have like five of the same t-shirt that I just wear like almost every day now. Yeah, as you get old, I mean, I just don't care anymore. No, <laughs> I mean, I didn't care in the first place, but I've just accepted that I don't care now. I know, but that's like, that's what makes you cool. I mean, this is the way to be. I look back on some of the shit I used to wear when I really, and I was not cool. Like, it was not acceptable. Also, you're not going to look back and be like, oh my God, black t-shirts are so out of style now. How embarrassing. Um, right, I'm getting up. Well, if you start wearing flares and stuff. Oh God. Flares are really on trend right now. I know, but you will look back and be like, oh. Those, um... Those like legging flares are back in. I'm like, they were never cool. And everyone's like, oh, they're back. I was like, they were never in. They were what like your teachers wore with like weird kitten heels at school. It was like, babe, what oh. are you wearing? Like, what are you doing? And now everyone's wearing them. I'm like, oh no, not for me. Not for me. It's not for me. No. Okay. Do we have any questions? Do you want me to get them up? So seeing as you're having breakfast. I have them. Okay, let me just swallow my Cheerios. They're full of morning cheer. <laughs> Have you got protein in that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Protein. Got my Cheerios with my iron fortified goodness. And then the only thing I don't have is any fruit or veg, but I'll deal with that after. I mean, I'm not going to have veg. <laughs> I'll likely have a piece of fruit. Okay. I'll swallow. And then I'll stop. This is why we don't eat on the podcast. <laughs> okay. Right, Michelle. Hi, I've got a lot of weight to lose. I made a great start over the last two weeks. Are we in week two? Yeah. Shut up. Stop. Yeah. I thought we were at the end of week one. Won't <laughs> fly. It does. Okay. Um, I made a great start over the last two weeks, tracking my calories, increasing my steps and my protein. I've lost five pounds already. Wow. That's amazing. And I feel so, so good. The only exercise I'm really comfortable doing and enjoy is swimming. I'm slow, but I can keep going for a long time. Should I do this as an extra as in where I can, or can I replace workouts with swims or is it just simply not intense enough? I'm really struggling with the workouts, to be honest. <clears throat> okay, Michelle, great question. Fucking fantastic progress already. The fact that you 
jumped in, you're doing the calorie counting, you're doing the steps, you're nailing the protein and you're, you're clearly on track. Um, it's a huge credit to you and you should just be really proud of yourself. Um, it's really common that when any client comes in with a lot of weight to lose, the workouts are very, very difficult and almost oppressive. And what it can do is it can have the reverse effect of what we want, put them off everything, like not just the workouts, be like, oh, and go the other way. So I absolutely like with these clients and I'm, I'll, I'll let Emma speak after me always say 100% replace the workouts that we're giving you or I'm giving you with anything that gets you active, that makes you move. And that could be swimming, that could be walking, that could be, I don't know, Zumba, whatever the hell it is, that's fine. Until you get to a point where you feel more physically capable and capable of doing these workouts. Because if you have a lot of weight to lose, you're doing these workouts with a, a lot of added weight, with a lot of added resistance. It's bloody hard going, especially in the beginning. So 100% feel free to build up to it. What I would say is try and keep one in every week and shorten it just like 10, 20 minutes and just keep trying to build on that strength and that fitness that kind of is an adaptation of the workouts that we give you. But you certainly don't need to be doing three a week or more. Um, and I think that's a really nice start point for you. Uh, that's what I would say. Emma, what do you think? I agree 100%. I, I think that... <laughs> you'll be amazed at how quickly you get good at these workouts as well so you'll be amazed at how quickly if you're consistent doing what Chloe said like try a workout every week how much better you get week on week by the end of the eight weeks like incredible but I do agree that when you have a lot of body fat sometimes exercise is really uncomfortable and the last thing we want is for you to be like I can't do these so I'm not going to do anything and it's really I find it really hard to fully articulate this because it's such an important point it's, it's probably if I had like three points I wanted to give across to people as a coach like this would probably be number one or two but if you're going from being very inactive to even just slightly active you are doing yourself the world of good if you're going from doing like four gym sessions to five gym sessions there's barely any difference in that and I think really emphasizing the focus on there was a study that I was looking at on this the other day that was looking at step count and it showed that if you go from doing 2,000 steps to 4,000 steps you get this huge huge health benefit and huge like significant reduction in your risk of death like of dying like that's so so important it couldn't be more important and then when you go from 4,000 to seven and a half thousand you still get this this increased health benefit and over and above that you're not getting much health benefit from doing those extra steps sure you're you're burning more calories I'm not saying there's no point in it but it's just a really good example to push home to people that if you're someone who's like oh there's no point doing this I'll never get to 8,000 steps or whatever a minimum target is there's even more point doing it if you're on the lower end of the steps like 1,000 steps isn't equally beneficial depending on how active you are so if you go in from doing 10,000 steps to 11,000 steps not really that much benefit in doing that sure some but there's this law of diminishing returns whereas if you're going from doing 2,000 steps to 3,000 steps that has a huge positive impact on your health like massive same with exercise research showing that that first one hour of exercise that you do per week has this huge benefit in terms of your health and then more has like some benefit, but the the amount of extra benefit you're getting from doing more diminishes as you do more and more and more. So 
remembering that and remembering that actually that first bit of exercise you're doing and like what you're doing at the moment is fantastic and if you can get swimming great like if that's something that you enjoy that's getting you active at the moment perfect and as you lose weight exercise will become easier and more enjoyable and we can get you doing more and more of that but you don't have to start there like you start where you are and we will take you there agreed great points <clears throat> um arty shah emma i'm pretty sure you've done a podcast solely on this so i'll let you start with it and then obviously i have my own opinions <laughs> what i'm opinionated um she says she's seeing a lot of tiktok videos recently about body set points please can you elaborate on this is this really a thing what do you guys think it is a thing but it's not a thing for the reason that a lot of people think so like if we just quickly brush past that as in a lot of people think that your body will be stuck at this set point and there's nothing you can do about it because that's where your body wants to stay right so you're saying that no one would ever starve ever and actually doesn't matter how much exercise or food we intake we're still going to stay at this set point that is ridiculous like even that notion alone like what why do people buy into that oh yeah you, you your body's set here po couldn't possibly lose any more weight what about starving it, people it makes life very easy for them and also yeah. so much easier to be self-indulgent than go outside of yourself and go but hang on people still starve to death all over the world every day so clearly it's not logical <laughs> yeah so it that is obviously a ridiculous thing but is there a set point as in is there normal do people normally have a weight where they kind of gravitate towards and they struggle to lose weight beyond that point yes and that's to do with your behaviors and that's to do with how hard it is to lose weight beyond that point and the fact that you will probably have to make significant lifestyle changes to get past that point so you might have history of I don't know always being able to get to 60 kilograms when you diet or you know x amount of weight when you diet and then you're like and I can never lose more and you're like okay well it does make sense that physiologically like I can't lose more no no but your body is pushing back against you as in it's increasing your drive to eat it's maybe um trying to make you conserve energy by moving less but it's still to do with your behaviors it's not because you physiologically cannot lose any more weight it's because of your behaviors and often what got you to 60 kilograms isn't the same as what's going to get you to 55 kilograms if that's like in your head where you want to be and actually from going from being like pretty lean to very lean is fucking hard and what got you pretty lean isn't going to get you very lean mm -hmm. or it is but it's going to take you five times as long as what you're expecting in your head mm. yeah amazing points um i i agree and in and what I was going to say was yes we are genetically predisposed to be kind of our like our kind of set weight and as Emma said I think that's an amalgamation of a few things genetics do impact what that is obviously um and also don't forget that how active your actual behaviors are also kind of genetically set how active you are um has been hugely linked to genetics and how how much you get up and move throughout the day and how naturally and normally that comes to you often is predisposed so that's the first consideration there are genetics at play here but as emma said your behaviors and what you end up doing day to day is in do you walk to work every day or do you drive these things are also going to contribute to your quote unquote set point 
Um, and exactly what Emma said, and we, you know, we can move the needle a little. So say if you're like, I want to lose 10 to 15 pounds and I want to get down to X weight or X body type, we can move the needle a little and it might not be too, too hard for you. You know, you, instead of, you know, getting a lift back with your work colleague, you walk back, like much like you walk to work, for example, instead of eating 2000 calories a day, you eat 1800 calories a day. And it's quite, as Emma said, quite comfortable, quite doable, quite easy to move this set point down to needle it exactly what she said and I'm sure any of you who ever have had a real physique goal or who are we have obviously we have a lot of people who work in the industry on the EC method who have worked in the industry and ever wanted to see how far you could push it you'll know this firsthand you will get to a point where it's like oh wow if I really want to get you know quote unquote shredded or I really want to get you know I really want to gain a serious amount of muscle mass. And these are two things on different sides of the spectrum, but I'm going to have to fucking push it. And as Emma said, I'm going to do things, have to do things that are outside of my normal, outside of my comfortable. And of course your body's going to feel that because it's not adapted to that and it's not meant to be adapted to that. And it is a big old shock. So I agreed what Emma said at the end of the day, in a nutshell, is it a thing? Yeah, kind of. Can you absolutely smash past that if you wanted to? Absolutely. Um, is it going to be fun or enjoyable? Um, might you give up quite quickly and realize that it's not worth it? Yeah. I mean, yeah. It's yeah. Not- I, I would say I think it's far more to do with environment than it is to do with genetics. Yeah. Like but Genetics but- might predispose a tiny bit. But <laughs> if genetic- you, even if you just take back, like go back 100 years where our genetics haven't really changed at all in 100 years. No, but if yet, you- the if obesity you- rates have. Yeah, but I 100% agree. It's it's a lot to do with environment. But if you look at certain people and you compare them, for example, my mum and my dad, they've always been, always, and my mum got used to get in trouble at school for walking insolently, basically being a fucking lazy dawdler. And they would be like, move the fuck, like calm the fuck. She doesn't really move. Her mum was the same. Her mum's mum was the same. She's not an active movie person. You look at my dad, I swear to God, the man looks like he's on crack. And his mum was the same. Like she would get up moving, 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 moving. And it's like, can you just please calm down? Like you're stressing me out. Like watching you stressing me out. These things are, they do come down a lot of the time to genetics, but you're right. You then take, and as completely the obesity epidemic is a perfect, perfect example of this. You then take our environment and behavior into account. And of course it's going to outweigh everything. Because Well, um, it, but you're right. Like it's the genetics times the environment. That's why in the same environment, like your mom and dad live in the same environment. One person like significant, like has significantly more body fat than the other person because of how their genetics and pre- like predispositions now could your mum physically lose a load of body fat and be really lean yeah but would she have to work a lot harder because she's working against her predisposition like, yeah. yeah exactly exactly nailed it um, okay um yeah. lisa good morning i'm going to a friend's on for lunch on sunday i don't want to be rude and refuse food should i leave some extra calories this week in case i go over or should i wait and reduce next week many thanks I would ideally proactively reduce calories rather than reactively reduce calories. So mm-hmm. saving a couple hundred calories a day leading up to your lunch on Sunday is great. But also do, like it's not rude. Someone else just commented this as well. Actually. Like it's not rude to refuse food. It's just how you do it. And you don't have to refuse it. You might just be like, oh, thanks. It was lovely, but I've had enough. I don't need the second portion. Mm-hmm. Or I just wanted to try that because it looks so great, but I didn't like, I'm very, you can just say I'm full. Mm. Yeah, I agree. I think 
I think, yeah, but bank one to 200 calories a day um, until then, and then you'll definitely have enough. I mean, what have we got for? Well, yeah, well, you'll have enough. Because don't forget, you also have your normal calories allotted for lunch. I think sometimes when you say that, people think, okay, so I'm going to have X amount thinking of the bank. It's like, no, but then you also have your calories that day, so it'll definitely be enough. And I agree, there's something about um, reactively tracking, and I've done it before, and, you know, it's... It's fine, but it, it kind of develops into a bit of a mental toughness test, weirdly. Whereas when you're proactively banking, it's like, no, I've got a thing on Sunday. So I'm, you know, it's weird. It's, it's almost like, it, yeah, no, I, I would much prefer you guys did that. And I agree with Emma. You know, if you have a little bit and then it comes down to you, just say, oh, I'm stuffed. Thank you so much. That was amazing. Yeah, I, like, I, um, I listened to, this isn't totally relevant, but I was listening to a podcast this morning and it was by the woman that wrote Come As You Are. Have you read that? No, I haven't, but I've heard a lot about it. Yeah, and she was talking about, like, how to describe consent and, like, how to speak to kids about consent. And she said that, like, talking about it as if, like, do you want a cup of tea is, is a good idea. Oh, the tea thing. Yeah, yeah. and I was like, this, is, this actually works so well. And then she used examples of, like, how you, like, how would you like your tea? And yeah. then also, if you'd, like, had a cup of tea today, that doesn't necessarily mean that you want the cup of tea tomorrow or you if you're your unconscious you, huh? you can change your mind about wanting tea yeah that's like, okay too they might have made the cup of tea and then you're like mm, not actually that that keen for the tea or if you're unconscious like you definitely don't want the cup of tea and then she like took it one step further and I was like this is such a great analogy she's like or if you're someone who's like I kind of just want like a cup of warm milk but like without the tea bag but like with a bit of sugar like but you have to be quite confident to explain this is what I want. Like I want, I don't want a cup of tea, but I do want like the milk from the tea, but love not it. the tea bag. <laughs> I love it. And it's like it's everywhere now though. Like it's on the it's on like the backs of like toilet, like public toilets. They go into like the rugby teams and they explain it. Like <laughs> it's, I think it's a good analogy. I think it's unbelievable and it just really makes me laugh because they also have like a stick men and tea illustration, which is like the fucking funniest thing in the world it's the best she's a genius like what a way like what a what a smart mind to be like yeah. I know exactly how to play this out it's so good anyone who doesn't and know also works so well in the UK because everyone like I imagine that wouldn't work so well in America because people would be like why would I want a cup of tea then you see people like making a cup of tea in the microwave but my no. dad does that my dad's honestly odd very Your dad odd. makes tea in the microwave my dad does loads of weird stuff that like the older I get the more I'm like you're a really odd person tea in the microwave there's gaffer tape Emma on everything everything like I can't, why I I don't know I like in France there was just like a piece of gaffer tape on a on a light switch some gaffer tape under a jug like gaffer tape on the cat I'm like what's going on I went into my brothers and sisters whatsapp group with all the photos and they were all like this is the best thing ever <laughs> that's so strange <laughs> right okay Katie what are your thoughts on deload weeks how do you know if you need one and what does it look like I've been pushing hard for four days a week in the gym for 12 weeks was meant to get up this morning for a full body but still feel a bit sore and tired so I've decided to take a rest day unless I feel up to it later I've also been increasing cardio gradually. Now I'm going into maintenance, not loads, one swim and one spinning class. So maybe I'm overdoing it. Okay, we'll talk about the cardio thing after. Um, 
Deload weeks are quite client specific based on do you know do you train properly? Are uh, you know and going into the gym and resistance training four days a week, let's say you're doing a couple of lower bodies and a couple of upper bodies or a couple of push with legs and a couple of pull with legs and you're really pushing it like you're training to technical failure or one to two reps in reserve however you want to term in that terminology term what's the word i'm looking for term i'm like terminize isn't a word <laughs> term however it. you want to term it however you want to term it um it sound and, right but i think it is i know right um however you however you want to do it but you know that you lift heavy you know that you hit a roundabout failure and you're in the gym consistently week after week after week doing this then yeah i would say by that 12 week mark it's a very good idea to reduce your training either reduce your sessions per week it's basically how reducing your volume overall per week so you can either do that by reducing your sets and reps in your sessions or reducing your training sessions in the week or if you're feeling you know poorly or really run down or kind of like you're you're kind of at a stalemate with your training. I really do recommend you take the four week off training and nail steps. And if you want to do a bit of cardio, absolutely fine. Not hit ideally because the adaptations can be quite similar, but just, just take, take a week off training. Um, and the signs that you would need to do that would be that you feel um, chronically fatigued, not like, oh my God, I felt really tired a couple of days this week because work was hectic, but chronically fatigued as in for like a couple of weeks every day, you've been like, holy shit, I am dragging my ass around. Um, your training sessions are starting to suffer, either psychologically or physiologically. You're really dreading them. You're really not enjoying them. You're not lifting nearly as heavy as you normally do. That's my sign. When I cannot, like normally, let's say I'll do like, um, I don't know, 80 kg in, in a standard kind of three sets of eight squat. And if if I all of a sudden can't get past 65, I know I need, I know I need a break. Um, your sleep is impacted. You're starting to feel poorly. You're starting to get poorly a lot. All these things just show that you, you've got a lot of fatigue and it's, it's good to take a break. That wouldn't really apply to someone like how we had, um, who was it? Is it Verity, I think maybe a couple of weeks ago, who was saying she's kind of going in the gym and doing it because she has to. She doesn't really want to build any muscle. She's not really that into it definitely doesn't need a deload week whatsoever um and then the last thing she said she's coming up to maintenance and adding in cardio right yeah i wondered about that as well that's a bit of a backwards approach unless you kind of like really trying to channel your energy you're on lower calories and you're really trying to channel your energy into your training and now you're increasing your calories you have more energy and you want to bring back in some cardio that you loved that kind of makes sense but normally it would go the other way around cardio would decrease as you came out of a fat loss phase into maintenance um but adding in what did she say swimming and spin is that what she said um yeah one swim and one spin class no, they're, they're different adaptations. They likely won't be impacting. I don't think they'll be. Impacting. Well, unless you're coming up to what you think is maintenance, adding in cardio, which means it's putting yeah. you back into a deficit yeah. and then you're yeah. not recovering because you're not fueling yourself properly. Yeah. But there's that element as well. Like adding in cardio is absolutely fine if it's something that you enjoy, but make sure you're fueling it because obviously that will add to your energy expenditure and then you'll need to increase your calories if, if maintenance is your goal. So make sure you're doing that. And I agree with all of the, the points about taking a deload. Sometimes it's, it's just a couple of days that you need as well. So for example, and this is quite hard to judge because everything's quite like relative, but like I, I train quite, like I train a lot and I train hard, but I'm, I wouldn't say I train like that hard that I would structure a deload for myself. And I probably train harder than like maybe... Right. 
well and then this is hard as well because it's like well I train hard but I'm also pretty fit so I can like my body can adapt to the amount of training I do if someone else did the amount of training so long yeah if someone else did it they they might need more rest than I do because of the level of fitness I'm at same as when you look at like much more fit than I am like CrossFit athletes that are like oh yeah I train like twice a day and my deload is basically your full training program yeah or like their warm-up is essentially like my whole workout (laughs) it's so varied depending on what you need which is why actually just listening to your own body you might very well need a deload week after 12 weeks of training four times a week Mm. or like you you will probably get to the point where you know yourself well enough like I do where I'm like I need three days off the gym I don't need a whole deload week mm-hmm. and actually it's probably better for me just to take a couple of days off rather than like it depends why you're going to the gym as well but rather than spend the time and energy actually going to the gym and not training that hard for me that's like not something I want to do so it I sounds agree. like you might need a bit of a deload but also make sure that you're fueling yourself if you've added in that cardio I agree I think if you're not like a crossfit athlete or a powerlifting athlete you don't need to structure them and you can go on instinct like body instinct and biofeedback a hundred percent um I do think though that sometimes and I have been guilty of this more than once if you're like oh I'll just take a couple that you go straight back in and it doesn't really sometimes it's good to give yourself a strict like no for five days I'm not setting foot in the gym and I'm not gonna do like be a bit strict on it otherwise let's be honest like when you love training it's really hard (laughs) yeah yeah and it's very easy to be like to fool yourself into being like not that tired (laughs) yeah this is where having like like Chloe was saying like having performance measures knowing what you normally lift knowing how you normally perform is really really useful if you're like oh I used to be able to do I don't know 10 push-ups in a row and now I'm so tired that I'm only getting to like eight or nine good good sign that you need a bit of a deload yeah yeah Okay, Sarah, morning ladies, loving being here with you in this journey. I'm totally rethinking food and so much clearer and have a healthy balance. Oh, that's great. Um, Louise, morning, I have a question about creatine. Should I take this before or after a workout? Also, should I take it on days I don't work out? Thank you. Yes, take it any time of day, it doesn't matter. And take it on days you don't work out. Creatine doesn't work acutely in the way that say caffeine does. So obviously you'd want to take your caffeine pre-workout because, (laughs) oh, finishing off. Great. Yeah. You'd want to take your caffeine pre-workout so that you get that boost of caffeine, but creatine doesn't work the same way. So you're looking to saturate the stores of creatine in your muscles. So it's more of a long-term supplement. So yes, you still want to take it on days you don't train and it doesn't really matter when you take it in comparison to your workout. Yeah. And I don't like it when I read posts from people saying that if you don't train hard, you don't need creatine. No. (laughs) No. Yeah. Eva, I went to a dinner and gig on Tuesday. I planned a beer at the gig, but not at dinner. So I ordered a Coke Zero, but then everyone else ordered Asahi. Asahi. What's that? Beer. Japanese. All right. And I spontaneously changed my orders to join them. I wonder if you have any insights on this why did I feel the need to have a beer to join in only you can tell us that my friend but it's not necessarily a bad thing like you should have the flexibility to be like actually I do want to have a beer now and maybe I don't have one later like that's your choice you're empowered to make that choice yeah 
there's nothing wrong with ordering a beer with your friends like and people who are like oh you know this is what I mean now we've gotten into this really weird area where everybody questions everything and it's like you know what you're human and it's not like you were out till 5am getting fucking jollied you went to dinner with your friends and you ordered a beer that's very human and healthy thing to do you're joining in with your friends you're having a beer Asahi is a really nice beer so I don't blame you enjoying your time with them and going home like there's nothing to overly question here that's human that's healthy that's fine yeah it's not like you were like then everyone started taking a line of coke and I was like well you know yeah which also is like really on trend right now in the bodybuilding community but I mean honestly like there's nothing wrong with it and that they sometimes there's this thing where it's like you know if someone doesn't eat all day here's another example if someone doesn't eat all day because they're commuting they're stressed with work everything's and they get home and they're fucking starving they haven't eaten all day and they eat they like eat a shit their dinner plus snacks before dinner plus snacks after half a tub of ice cream and go to bed wake up the next day and they're like oh my god I had a binge no you didn't you didn't eat all day you got home you were exhausted you were starving these things happen they're human you know, when we start to have a problem is when, if you were to be like, and I, and I, I promised myself I'm not going to drink because actually I really don't like myself when I drink and do it. And there was a real weight behind why, why you had decided I'm not going to drink. And then before I knew it, it was three o'clock in the morning and I was five tequila slammies deep and two gin and tonics in. And then it's like, okay, let's have a look at your response to your social, kind of your social cues and, and also your social group. Um, and and talk and talk about your relationship with alcohol and, and willpower and things like that. That's a question. Like this is nothing. So you did fine, you did great. It's fine. Yeah, I agree. I think you can, as much as we encourage introspection, I think sometimes like you'd never live any any life if you were like, I wonder why I did that. Why did I say that I was gonna have a skinny latte and then I just ordered a, a regular, like I don't know, like you can overthink these things. Um, but yeah, what you've done sounds fine and hope you enjoyed it yeah okay Melissa hi ladies I'm just back from being home for a few weeks I didn't live in the UK I was using the gym at home but I've decided to start the program from the fourth once I get back in routine in Dubai I know the program will end regardless in it says six weeks here but I'm oh right yeah okay right yeah yeah. because we're two weeks in (laughs) but assume it's okay for me to start on this coming Monday the fourth and start my eight weeks from then and just save the workouts, et cetera, and do my two final two offline. Yep, fine. If I just don't do what somebody did on the last round, which really wound me up, wait till the last night that we're closing and then get really upset that you haven't you know, made a note of the workouts and then we have to leave the group open and then it, we're basically coaching two full rounds for an added X amount of days. So Also, please don't do that this time because it would just be me. Yeah, please, guys. Honestly, it's really... <coughs> it was it I can't lie it really really rubbed me up the wrong way please if you do want to make a note of the workouts which you know is is your choice if you want to you want to please do it as you go don't wait till like the last day that we we're open because it's just mm-hmm. makes life a bit harder for Emma and I also Melissa just stay on as a grad there you go yeah okay Vicky morning is there any difference doing a hip thrust using a barbell compared to using a smith machine um, the only difference is, no, they're both great. The only real difference is, uh, in my experience, I mean, obviously you could probably talk about range of, of motion a little bit, but really is the foot placement, um, if you're on the Smith machine, is 
um, limited. Uh, so I like to do wide stance, toes pointed out always. And that's incredibly hard to do on a Smith machine, which basically goes inward like a triangle. Um, range of motion. No, I mean, I think as long as you set it up right, it also might be a little bit, okay, it might be a little bit more long-winded to set it up because you want to find the right range for you. But when you find that, you're fine. Um, and yeah, no, there's, but, and, and yeah, no, I think it's fine, totally fine. Okay, Chrissy, I wonder whether people will get used to me accepting two helpings um, that I like at drink, etc., etc and then over time they will also get used to me being happy with just one drink a small slice of cake like over time their habits of learning what I want slash need will change alongside mine yeah and I think you can probably speed up that process if you communicate what you want slash need if yeah. you're just like oh yeah I'm just having one that's fine I really enjoyed that cake but that's enough for me thank you and and a lot of this is like the identity that you have created for yourself which is then backed up by other people's reaction to that so for example if you're always the person that gets absolutely wasted or you're always the person that does order pudding then other people in your like friendship group or your family expect that of you and you have to change that I mean it doesn't you don't have to change their expectation of you but if you're known as that person and you've kind of taken that on as your own identity sometimes working against that is, is a little bit hard for a period of time and then it gets easier as you're saying over time yeah I think a lot of time as well as okay so I'm someone who has an extremely hedonistic group of friends in every context you can imagine and I fucking love them for it but it's a lot like it's a lot and one one actually no three three members of our group of friends are teetotal I completely like no drink no drugs absolutely not like not into that that scene at all and they are with us at every festival, at every party, at every everything, like dancing until three o'clock in the morning, having the time of their lives. And I think a lot of the time, and I can, t and I would be like this, I can so relate to this. I'd be like, oh God, I've now decided I don't want to drink anymore. How the hell am I going to handle this? A lot of the time it's your projection. And a lot of the time when you're just like, no, I'm fine. And then carry on. No one really cares. No one really notices. Um, and it's it's completely fine. And one of actually follow one of my friends is she's called Lou Teasdale. She's an influencer, and she does a whole podcast and loads of posts on what it's like not drinking. In you know she's in this kind of like bougie celebi world where everyone drinks and a lot of people do drugs and it's really interesting. And she didn't she didn't have an addiction. She literally got pregnant with her first daughter Lux and then just decided oh I'm I'm just never going to drink again. But her group of friends stayed exactly the same. Um, and she talks about it a lot and it's really interesting. So if you're someone that really wants to come away from drinking or like that kind of social life but you don't want to lose all your friends in the in the process and you're scared and you're worried like go follow her listen to her listen to her podcast she does like series and it's honestly a lot of the time it comes from you and a lot of the time when you just say to your friends like no actually I don't drink it's fine you just have to own yourself does that make sense yeah I think that's really impressive that she's managed to do it without like changing her friend group not that you like I, and I absolutely like think that's the way it should be and that we should just accept if someone's like I've decided drinking doesn't add to my life so I'm not doing it anymore cool yeah exactly but that's the thing like a lot of the time people don't care as much as you think they will um 
And if they do have a problem with it, be like, well, that you have a problem. That's your that's, problem. That's that's a you happen. problem. Yeah, you go reflect on that. I'm okay over here. Cheers, though. Okay, Sadie. Ladies, I've banked some ta- some calories because I know I'm going to the cinema tonight, but the scales haven't moved this week at all. Probs period related, I'm assuming. In my head, I'm thinking, forget the bank's calories, but I don't know. I don't want to overthink it. I have stuck to everything you've said so far, so I don't want to dig myself into a hole and drop calories, if not needed. This is the most I've ever eaten, though, at 1,800 calories. I I'm, I'm, think I'm slightly panicking about eating too much. I'm five foot two and 76 kilograms and work out five times a week. Just, just to add to this, your workouts, a lot of people will say this, like, this is how much I exercise. They're a tiny bit important, but like how what's way more impactful is your stat count. So if you're ever kind of giving us stats on things like, okay, give us both, but your steps are the most important thing. And I've noticed that this is the thing that everyone misses out. They're like, these are how many times I work out per week. Cool. That makes no difference if you're getting 3000 steps a day. Like that makes almost no contribution to your total daily energy expenditure over the week. Yeah. Or your average over the week. Um, no, I would stick to everything you're doing. You're like, you're right. The the weight probably hasn't come down because fat loss, which you are achieving because you're in a deficit, is being masked on the scales by water retention for various reasons. Probably in this instance because hormones are fluctuating and you're retaining a bit of water. Yeah, I agree. Uh, okay, Jenna. Hi, Clemmer. Loved the first week's gym workouts. I was looking for a bit of advice on choosing the right weight the exercise is it better to start with a weight where the first two to three sets are doable and then drop down when it gets too much in order to finish the program sets or should you choose a weight where you know you can complete all the sets program for a particular exercise you're not taking long enough recovery is what's happening if you can do the first two to three sets the likelihood is i mean i don't think i ever program more than four sets unless it's some kind of drop set or something um the likelihood is that you just need to take a little bit longer to recover or if you're getting within like a couple of reps let's say it was three sets of 10 if you get two sets of 10 and then on your last set you get seven reps that's perfect that's the perfect weight because you kind of want to be pushing yourself on that last set um but a lot of this takes a little bit of trial and error like the first week is kind of about figuring out oh this is roughly how much I could lift or Maybe I could have lifted a little bit more. And a good sign of when you need to increase that weight is last week I did get three sets of 10. Okay, cool. Let's see if we can up it this week so that you're getting two sets of 10 and then one set of like six to 10 or something like that. So that you know that you're reaching that fatigue on the last set. Yep, agreed. I do the same. Emma, your morning routine suggestion is fab, really sets me up for the day. Is there an evening routine? I've seen people mention one, though I can't find one in the material. Is it just the same thing, but you do it in the evening too? No, not the same thing. So the morning routine is to set you up for the day. If you have an evening routine, I would have some kind of reflection of the day, like what's gone well, not what's not gone well. How can I make sure that tomorrow the things that didn't go well go better? This is essentially when I think it's most useful to journal and there is no right or wrong here like a lot of people like journaling in the morning cool I don't like journaling in the morning I like to just get up and get going with things but I like to sit in the evening and kind of reflect on my day and be like okay this is this is how I showed up today am I happy with these things that I got done do I think I like was my best self in these situations how can I make sure that tomorrow I don't get as stressed before 
this podcast, blah, 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 whatever it is. And then that's like, that would be my evening routine. And then if you're someone who depends again, like if you struggle with sleep or something, maybe you have some kind of wind down routine. I actually wow. a really interesting, oh, it was um, on an audio book I've been listening to. And it was about how people who interpret their sleep as being poor, even if it's not actually poor, get the negative outcomes of like not sleeping well. And people who don't sleep well, but don't interpret their poor sleep as poor, don't get those negative outcomes. So my point is that all of this is like a lot of the negative outcomes you get from lack of sleep is a self-fulfilling prophecy of what you're telling yourself. Oh, I slept shit last night. I'm definitely going to be hungrier today. Yeah, so you probably are. Or I'm definitely going to be cranky and I'm definitely going to overeat. Yeah, so you probably do. And also just that added stress is mitigating any any additional great sleep that you managed to get. I have an evening routine. I always, in the summer specifically, because obviously I don't want to, obviously the light changes and things get different. But I like to walk Bertie, like usually from about five to six. And then I like to, on the way back from the walk with him, just stop off at the supermarket and get whatever I'm going to have for dinner. I like to come at this point as well, like typically after the walk, because sometimes I'll work and walk, I'll completely stop working. And then I like to put music on in the kitchen and relax. And when I'm not pregnant, have a glass of wine, although I did have a glass of wine the other day and it was not enjoyable whatsoever. <laughs> the acid reflux was horrific. Um, but yeah, I like to, to put music on, have a glass of wine, cook. I find that this is very subjective. I find cooking very soothing. This could be anything from you know, sitting down, like my parents like to sit down and read a paper. That's how they relax. Um, my brother's like a bit a bit mental and like loves to like do like a big spring clean when he gets home from work. <laughs> um, everyone's different, but I like to cook. Um, and then, you know, when James is there, like sit down together and like put stranger things on and eat and relax. And that is typically my last meal of the day. And a lot of the time I give myself an option of having something sweet after. Um, you know, whether that's the halo top or a protein bar, if I'm kind of trying to stick to calories or sharing like a slab of chocolate with James, if I'm not, or I don't know, an ice cream, Snickers ice cream is like less than 200 calories and it's the tips. Um, and then go to bed and typically James will read for a bit. I used to, but usually now I'm just zonked in sleep. Like I have a really nice evening routine that sets me up both in terms of like diet, my diet, um, but also in terms of my wind down and also you know it, it's a very good thing for your circadian rhythm and for sleep quality to kind of go to bed around the same time every night and wake up around the same time every morning you don't want to need, move the needle too too far because that will impact your sleep quality um, and it's really nice and it works really well for me and yeah I think it's um, just thinking of ways that you can basically wind down and if, if, if certain specificities like dietary adherence have to play into your evening, and for a lot of people they do, because that's why people really struggle, start to think about an evening routine and how can you do that? How can you fit it in so that it does work to your advantage, um, your, your food intake in the evenings? Um, yeah, I'm a, I'm a huge, huge fan of, of this kind of approach to life, regardless of physique goals. I just think it's really important for mental health, really. Yeah, um, Chrissy's just saying, you know, when you journal and reflect, Emma, do you reflect on your diet and exercise or life in general, e.g. work targets, relationship issues? <laughs> um, honestly, for me, more life in general now, because 
I'm not gonna lie I've kind of got my diet and exercise nailed and I think like this is how like things progress right there, there might be certain goals at certain times of your life where you're like this is the focus at the moment fat loss is my focus at the moment but then once you've achieved that then you can move on to something else which might be your focus at the moment and then you kind of nail that and you move on to something else and there'll be phases of this like it might be yeah I really wanted to make sure that I was being really productive at work or it might have been yeah I really wanted to make sure that I was present with my family or it might be I really want to make sure that I'm getting in that routine of making sure I don't overeat in the evening or whatever it is that you're working on at the time Mm. it'll be completely dependent on yeah what what current goals that you're implementing I really like I like I like this I like this question and response when you when it it will take time but when you start to get into your habits of you know your health healthy fit habits of I typically train three four days a week I typically will you know go for one to seven walks a week and I'm very active at work or like these are my days with my family. And when you're, when you start to bleed your health and fitness life into your, the rest of your life, which does take time. It does. It really does. If you, if you haven't always been that way, which most people haven't, it takes time. But when you finally do start to bleed these things together, they don't separate. They're, they're not, you know, it's not like that. Everything is, is one and you don't need to work on like, oh, how many days a week am I going to get to the gym this week? You just go, like, it's just part of your life. And yeah, and I just, I'm really excited, actually. I love that whole, I love that question and answer because I just think I'm really excited for what we want to do on the EC method is get everyone to that place, but it doesn't feel like a huge effort. It doesn't feel oppressive. It feels rewarding and easy and natural. And if you all keep going, you'll all get there. It's a lovely place to be where you don't have to, lie in bed at night and second guess like did I tick every box you know am I doing everything I can it just goes it's lovely I I think the other thing is like I think we're definitely not life coaches right but so much of this is translatable and so much of the feedback we get is like oh yeah it started with diet and exercise and hitting these targets but actually I'm so much more confident in all of my life and actually I use these principles in every area of my life and we get feedback about that with things like the podcast all the time oh by the way I don't work in health and fitness but I use your framework of x y and z in a different situation I'm like yeah because it's it's all translatable and like what we know and what we can help you with directly is your health and fitness goals but they translate into everything and also they're so fundamental to every other area like if you don't have like healthy mind and healthy body are so interrelated and connected and the behaviors that you do for both are so interrelated and connected yeah you can't really distinguish the two and then also once you start bettering yourself in one area it means you show up better in other areas and like everything is like very holistic yeah yeah and it is true there is like a mental headspace shift I talked to two of my friends both of them have two kids and one of them was saying, oh, my God, the weekends are just like so intense for me. Like, It's always like, what, what can we do? How do we stimulate the kids? How do I get to enjoy my weekend? Do we need a nanny? Because I was asking, like, how much do you adapt to it? And the other one was like, really? I've kind of just adapted. I'm kind of just like, yeah, the weekends are like, this is the family time. This is having a kid. And I think it, it's a lot about just shifting gears in your head um, and being like, hey, this is my life now. Um, and, and I don't think that's easy. I don't think you do it. And then you're like, wow, 
wow, life is so easy now. I think it, it's a, it's an effort and it takes weeks, months, years, but it, you will get there if you keep keep trying to check your perspective. And, and if something's too much, like I can't believe how many days a week I used to train. I used to train six days a week. I'm like, kiss my ass, old Chloe. That is never happening again. But at the time it worked fine for me. And now like I, now I'm pregnant, like three days a week is fine. Um, but yeah, like, but you know, sometimes you shift in and out, but perspective is a huge part of it as well. Yeah. And life balance looks completely different at different stages of your life. And it's not right for one person and wrong for another person. Yeah. Uh, okay right where are we uh... hi guys absolutely loving my first round and already noticing positive non-scale changes like my skin is better I don't feel tired every day I'm getting tons of fresh air thanks to the steps massive thanks can I ask what is creatine and what are the benefits Oh my god! I put the post up. The post is on. Oh, okay, great. Well, Pinter featured, and it is um, Pinter featured, and it's a list of posts that I've written. All the way there's. Oh my god! There's eight of them, and the last one is creatine. So go and scroll through it. Okay, great. Just very briefly, it's a very cheap, affordable supplement that has great research to back it. It should help you with strength, but there's also some really interesting cognitive benefits that may come from creatine very little side effects very cost effective that's why we recommend people take it you don't have to take it but it's one of the very few things that we recommend mm. which i think probably says quite a lot what do we say i mean i always say fish oils creatine vitamin d yeah was, and then yeah. and then if you're vegan or vegetarian maybe things like b12 yeah. and like some other supplements but really the rest of it comes back to like looking at your diet and being like where might I be deficient in things that I can't get from my diet or that I'm struggling to get from my diet by the way vegans and vegetarians will benefit the most from creatine because you're likely getting zero from your diet creatine I would say that b12 iron calcium there's a few mm-hmm. um yeah and it is vegans more so but both yeah Okay, um, I definitely overthink things, so you're very on point. It's just that I want to be able to buy myself. Uh, I might have to take this one sec. Okay, <laughs> just mute yourself. I'm, oh God, I'm stuck. Why is it off the line? <laughs> right, okay. Um, Sarah, lucky I've made it. Thought this was in the afternoon. I set a reminder. Yeah, sorry, we had to move because Chloe has a very busy day. Guys, she is like pregnant and moving to London in like the the last trimester of her pregnancy. So a little bit crazy. So we're just trying to fit around things. So sorry that that had to move. Okay, that's so useful about the weights and upping them. I'm definitely still adjusting mine to find the right weight for me now. Thank you. Yeah, it takes a little bit of adjustment. Okay, Megan. Hi, hope I'm not too late. From next week, I'm away on a training exercise with work. Steps won't be an issue as we'll be walking around all day wearing body armor. Wow. But exercise wise, I'm going to have to switch to a CrossFit style body weight stuff as I won't have gym access, but I have, but I will have one of the army PTs doing sessions with me. Is this going to affect my progress with the gym workouts? And will I see less results because of the two week gap in the program? No, enjoy it. Like that sounds awesome. If you've got an army PT 
working out with you for two weeks body weight stuff is so underrated like that will be savage brutal like it being realistic will you be as good at the gym if you're not training at the gym no you won't be as good at the gym because specificity right but you'll probably be even better at body weight stuff so just a different training mode you'll still be doing like you'll still be doing all the sort of getting all the benefits of exercise so I wouldn't stress about that and I would embrace it and enjoy it yeah there's nothing wrong with switching it up for for physical performance or switching it up for a little bit plus you know who doesn't want to be trained by a sexy army I mean in my head he's sexy (laughs) it might be a woman Uh, still agree who doesn't want to be trained by a sexy army officer we're having a skip delivered in six minutes and the guy called me he's like I don't know where your house is I was like give me till 10 a.m and I will call you back okay fair. well I think we've kind of got we've got to the end of the questions on the lives so it might be a good time to wrap up um right. there's just a couple of people ask or um yeah I said give me till 10 we have six minutes <laughs> no just asking about the journal and and um it's fantastic how she's saying Chrissy's saying it takes time sometimes I catch myself because I think I've nailed it and then I remember I'm only two weeks into the first round <laughs> So far, so good. Learning That's a lot. Good, though. Like backing yourself and being like, I got this. I can do this. That's going to take you really far. And e- again, as we said, like a few minutes ago, and everything in life, back yourself. And I promise you, it'll get a lot easier to get where you're trying to go. Yeah. Yeah. And tell yourself this time is different because it is like this is different than the previous times. You have us backing you. You have this support. You're taking this more like holistic approach. You're not just making mistakes and beating yourself up you're learning from them and you're moving on so you don't make those same mistakes again like this this time is different so this is for life so I'm glad that you're telling yourself that because that like as much as we're always like oh that will become a self-fulfilling prophecy if you tell yourself you'll go off track and blah 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 sure but you can use that to your advantage by being like I'm going to make a self-fulfilling prophecy for good as in like I'm going to tell myself that if I do go off track I'm going to get back on track that if things do mess up I'm going to find a way around it that this is the last time I'm going to jump on another diet and I'm not going to go for quick fixes or yo-yo diets anymore. Like give yourself a positive self-fulfilling prophecy mm-hmm. and start okay. telling yourself these things. And it feels silly for sake. Like you're like, oh, then I remember I'm only two weeks into the round. Yeah, two weeks into the round is, is fine time to be telling yourself that. Yeah, and, and, and confidence isn't cockiness. Like, I mean, I, I would be hard pressed to say that even cockiness is bad all the time. But, you know, really, really believe in yourself. I promise you, it becomes more enjoyable and you'll have more fun doing it that way. Agreed. Okay. Okay. Go and enjoy your skip, babe. Yay. Sorry about that, guys. Thank you. Bye. (laughs)